Welcome to What CEOs Talk About. Do you wonder what CEOs talk about behind closed doors? How they bring their vision to reality? How do they overcome and succeed through adversity? We share that and so much more with each episode. Now, let's get started with the show. Good day, everybody. My name is Martin Hunter. I am the host of What CEOs Talk About. Today is all about the future. It's about, oh, I was almost going to say the title, but I'll leave that to our guest, Jody. Jody, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so very much, Martin. Um, hi, my name is Jody Tatiana Charles. Um, I am the founder of LCG Brands Consulting, um, Minding Your Own Business Podcast, and um, I focus a lot on creating a legacy um, and not just creating a legacy as in like, I go, I'm just going to create, like I'm going to have like a, a huge will, but more so that when you are working professionally and when you are living personally, what are you leaving behind? Because that's at the end of the day, what you want to leave as your legacy, not just a piece of jewelry or a car or a home or even your children. You want to leave those lessons behind that you've garnered throughout your entire life. Yeah, you don't want to be like one of those pharaohs where people will raid your grave for gold. <laughs> and, so, and it's sitting in a museum. <laughs> it's in a museum, right? <laughs> so the official title of the show, Jody, will be? The official title of what show? Of this show is? Of this show is like, you know what? Creating, a, a, a creating the foundation to have the best legacy possible. Fabulous. Thank you very much. So, Jody, tell us a, a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How you grew up? Because your business and yourself become intertwined at a certain spot. So, tell us. Tell us a little bit. Tell the listeners where you're from, what you do, and, and all that good stuff. Going backwards or going forwards from back. Thank you. I, I love that. Um, so, I am first generation born to Haitian parents. Um, I was conceived. I always say this because I'm so proud of this. Conceived in Haiti, born in America. My mom was eight and a half months pregnant when she came to the U.S., <gasps> Um, and it, it, well, back in the day, they like they were like, I go, we're coming, we're coming, like we're not, we're not gonna, we're waiting. Um, and so all the rice and beans and everything like that were like already in my system well before I got here. Um, raised in Massachusetts, born in Brooklyn, New York, raised in Massachusetts, had a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal life. Um, but it's also inside the bubble of speaking English, hearing Haitian Creole, speaking French. And vice versa. So it's like outside you're in the U.S., but inside you're in the U.N. of Haiti, where everything you're doing, the culture, the sounds, the foods, everything you're doing is all about Haiti. So that is basically the stem of who I am. When I tell you I love and I'm so proud of be being Haitian, um, I know, look, I, I literally made a T-shirt. Yes, I'm from the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Because whenever people <laughs> hear, oh, you're from Haiti, I'm like, I go, oh, you don't have to say it that way. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Because we're rock stars in so many different ways. And so, born and raised in Haiti, uh, the curious kid, uh, literally, like my, where I would just, my parents would just say, like, I go, we're afraid that she's going to get kidnapped because I would just wander. I'm curious. I would talk to everybody <laughs> all the time. And then, um, basically, I was also the same kid that should have never graduated from high school because I talked a lot. I was in part of every single organization. I was social butterfly. And my mother got a phone call from the principal saying she's not going to graduate. And... And my mom's like, why? She's like, well, she didn't per turn, in, turn in nine papers. I'm like, really? Nine papers? I see. I feel that's an obnoxious number. Nine papers. How did that happen? <laughs> Years later, um, the person that should have never graduated from high school, I have nine degrees, which is silly. Um, nine degrees. I was a TV and radio producer. I was a press secretary to the governor in Massachusetts. 
Um, I own my own business. Um, it's just, it's silly. It's the craziest thing that you could ever imagine because I was curious. I never said no to any, um, with it, to any task. And mm-hmm. so whenever I was given an opportunity to be somewhere, I worked really hard because that was what was instilled in me. I w- wanted to make sure that I wasn't just a job or just the degrees. I was more than that. And so I want to make sure that I was in as many places as I possibly can, helping as many people as I could. My Creole is, come on, we yeah. So I know, papi mal, papi mal. Okay, so I'm happy with that because usually I get the sac passé, which is oh. always... <laughs> I uh we moved I'm from the East Coast and and uh my mom being French we moved to Montreal mm-hmm. uh and the big Haitian community big Haitian community in Montreal so I I learned all the patois and 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 uh some well most of the language I probably should not say <laughs> well it was for us it was like so my dad always said we want you to you could listen to the Haitian Creole in the house but we we were only allowed to speak French because French is worldwide. So mm. it's very beneficial because I travel to Europe a lot. I travel to a lot of different countries that they don't speak English, but guess what? They speak Someone French. Someone speaks French. And so yeah. it's always helped me. That and driving a manual have been the game changers whenever I travel. <laughs> <laughs> it is, that is so true. Uh, when when I grew up, we, we learned how to drive a manual car. And nowadays it is it is a dying art. A dying yeah. art. Uh, I, I literally, whenever I valet my car, they look at the car and they're like, and I'm like, I go, do you know how to drive a manual? And I'm like, if there's a head of hesitation, I'm like, I will park my own car. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's so true. So you still drive a manual? Oh, 100%. I never, ever buy cars that are not manuals. And why is that? Um... You know what? There's a part of me that just loves that control. I mean, I'm in snow. Mm-hmm. I'm in a snow area, um, mm-hmm. so I love that control of the car. Um, you can't be lazy. I mean, although sometimes like my mind is just like it's very like I've been doing it for so many years that mm-hmm. it just it is what it is. I just don't want to forget, um, and I become complacent to something. And I just love that whole entire the clutch, the brake. I mean, what are we doing? We're on a hill. I love the challenge. You seem so very low energy. <laughs> <laughs> This is me. This is me, low energy. You didn't catch it. You see, if you had booked early in the morning, it would have been a whole different game. And I don't do coffee and I don't do chocolate. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, what the world runs on. Uh, but you know what? It's funny that you say that. I think we should park that for a little bit because energy, what you've demonstrated is really driven by curiosity in in your you know like when i hear your story i wanted to be curious and and the other one is um serving serving others mm-hmm. and i think that when you have that there's always somebody to help and that brings energy a different energy and being curious about anything and everything brings another level of energy both staying mm-hmm. alert mentally and i think that doing is my grandma used to always say busy hands keep a broken heart mended Right. So I remember oh. when my granddad uh, passed away and she took me to the garage and say, what would your grandfather do? Right. And so, well, I do this. He'd do this. So he, she said, go ahead and do it. And so oh, I love that. Right. So I'm going to steal it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm stealing that. That's all right. No copyright. Her name was Alice. <laughs> no, you know, the thing is for, for me, like whenever someone. So my dad died six years ago. And I go, I, instead of on the day that he died, you know, like people like, like just like shut down, they don't want to do anything. I'm like, you know what? 
I had no regrets with my, so my dad died February, 2015. My grandmother that I took care of for 21 years died at 95 on February, I mean, November, 2015. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad year. It was a mm-hmm. sad year, but it wasn't a bad year. The days that they die, I, I do things that they would do. So my grandmother would make Haitian soup. And I'm telling you, every single Sunday, that soup tasted the same exact way. But every single Sunday, I swear, there's elbows, there's eyeballs, there's things in it. I'm like, different things, but it tasted the same way consistently. My dad had the most amazing green thumb. Mangoes, papayas, you name it, he can, he can do it. I have no green thumb, and I can't make Haitian food. And every single year on their desk, I pick something. I'm like, I'm going to do it. And until I get to the point where it tastes like them or it grows like him. Haitian soup. Oh, yeah. is there soup anything that does? Is there anything that doesn't go in Haitian soup? <laughs> Everything, like anything that's in the refrigerator, it just gets thrown in there, and it has the same taste. And I can't get the taste. I agree. Right. It's okay, uh, but it's not the taste. I agree. I agree. I think there's like when I think about that, it's like the oils that were in your in your in her hands. You think, oh, that was the secret sauce, the secret yeah. ingredient. Uh, it's 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 nice because it builds into the title of the show, which is you know creating your legacy. Mm-hmm. So where where did that start? Where where does it where does this stem into your heart and create the tree that it is today? Um, I'm gonna I'll just rewind the clock um, all the way to my parents. One of the biggest frustrations for them was that in American schools they educate you to um, to memorize and then take a test and it's forgotten forever. Mm-hmm. And my father knew six different languages. My mother, her superpower, she can remember every single birthday and every single anniversary without a calendar, without a book or stuff like that. And they're like, you do something and it should be in your mind and you're remembering mm-hmm. it and you're teaching it. You're showing it to other people. And so from that, my dad's like, well, think about what do you want to leave behind? And I'm like, I go, and for me, when I was younger, I go, yeah. I don't know. I want to leave my teddy bear. I mean, I don't, yeah. I mean, what does that mean? It's like, you feel like you're being set up by your parents when you're younger. Like you, what, what are you trying to tell me? And he basically said, every single day you wake up and you are going to learn something every single day. There's no way you can avoid learning something. Even if you just laid straight in bed, I go, you would hear things. Your, your brain is constantly being fed. Mm-hmm. Your database is always being fed. It would be an absolute sin to literally die with all that knowledge. So why learn? Why would you go out of your way to learn all this content, all the different ways to like, to become an expert at something, and all of a sudden you die and no one will ever know about it? It's mm-hmm. a sin. And so at that point, the second you start learning anything, it's not even just one thing, but anything you start learning, you need to share. So you see more and more people posting recipes or mm-hmm. uh, talking about their bread or the yeast or whatever. Like during the pandemic, all the bread and the yeast and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but it's not even just that where when you're at work and someone's teaching you how to be better in your skills in that job field and you're getting that promotion, all these different things that someone has, they're giving off to you and that's creating your legacy. And that's where it started from, don't just memorize something and then take a test and be done with it. Mm-hmm. No, absorb it and use it. And when you're using it, you're using it and you're getting better and better and better and better. And then you're sharing it. The, um... I think that more and more people are not doing that because... Most times I ask people, they're like, I go, well, I mean, whenever I'm speaking, I'm like, I always ask, say, like, can all the experts raise their hands? Swear to God, two people, if that, raise their hands. And then I go around the room, I'm like, I go, hey, what's your favorite thing to do? What's like, what's your sport? What's this? And then everyone has something and they're like, well, I didn't think that was an expert. I'm like, I I don't know it. So you have to teach me. Mm -hmm. The, 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 the oppressive mindset of individuals to say, well, 
I'm not as good as everybody else. I don't have a degree or I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an accountant. Doesn't mean that you can't be professional in your area. I think the, the legacy component, there's one culture that does it really well in business and in the Japanese mindset is about senpai and kohai. Mm-hmm. It's the Jedi Master and the Apprentice. Everybody has a senior and a junior position. Yeah. And the senior person is really to create a mentorship and demonstrate the path. And what a lot of people tend to forget is that the junior is there to challenge the status quo. Now, the mm-hmm. Japanese don't challenge the status quo as much as they should. It's not their culture. Think, correct. But the, for me, the one thing that we've been implementing with a lot of our clients is is create that that legacy but also that continuum between mm. positions and i think that that i mean how do you apply that leaving some of your clients you're mentioning in the pre-show creating your legacy somebody's been working now they're retiring what do i do next right yeah so i think that's so i i and one of the one of the stories i just mentioned to you before we start taping was that i have a friend um former client all my clients are my friends um <laughs> And he was laughing because he was like, I'm, I'm retired and I had to book a trip. And I did, it was like, I could do it, but it was the most tedious thing in the world because I've always had someone to do it. He was like a high CEO, um, senior level, I should say, C-suite. And he was just, he was literally just so aggravated at that he had to like, below, like as he said, he's like, I feel like I'm belittling myself just to oh, book a flight. I'm like, I'm like, I go, what was you, my friend? What was you? <laughs> I mean, you're not belittling yourself. It is the way, like, you're retired. Unless you want to hire a personal assistant, it is what it is. You're going to do it yourself. But guess what? If you had started planning about planning for this well before time, you wouldn't be in this situation where you're so angry now whenever mm-hmm. you're booking a flight for your personal enjoyment. <laughs> um, creating a legacy I want, I think that we, there's a story that I'd like to share. When we, when I was in the mining industry we traveled a lot around the world and my daughter's mm-hmm. born my kids are, are born around uh the world and my daughter born in the south pacific we used to travel back and forth to north america from australia new zealand new caledonia mm-hmm. and so this first time so my daughter's always traveled in business class to not say first class because we've had all these points and that's what the company did for us mm-hmm. so the first time we fly to uh orlando to go to disney well dad's paying for the flight so mom and dad are paying for the flight and so we're at the back of the bus. So I'm not paying first class or business class. So we're at the back of the bus. This is the tiny little thing. Ariel's four years old. And she looks at us. She's sitting between us. And she goes, where's the lady with the orange juice? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, princess. You got to. <laughs> all right. Here's a, here's a life lesson for you. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, always, I always think that I, I literally would like for, for my children, I will literally like my, my dream is to. We'll call it, when you're in the bassinet, take you out of the bassinet, open a drawer, put you in the drawer, not make it into a bed, take a photo, turn it to sepia, blow it up, have it on the wall and say, we had nothing. Don't ask me for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dream. <laughs> uh, I always tell my kids, I said, when when we grew up, I mean, we grew up, I was, I was a baby of, of six. Um, so when we grew up, we didn't we didn't have much, but we, mm-hmm. we all, always had enough. So sometimes I make fun. I said, we were poor. And I was like, what do you mean, pull? And I was like, we weren't even poor. We couldn't even afford the R at the end of poor. That's how poor we were. So, uh, but no, I think that. I, well, I grew up in a house that got, I heard no. 
Like that was it. Like the, it was. There's no debating. There was just like always a no, which makes you that much more creative in life as well. I I, I agree. I, where I grew up, so when we when we moved to Montreal, there was like there was not a lot for us to have, and um, you you get really creative, and that's that's something that when if we talk about leaving a legacy, I'm always thinking about how am I raising my kids because I I am very comfortable. Uh, we have a comfortable household, and there's nothing that my ki- my kids need. We have a beautiful home. We have food. They have friends. They have activities. And sometimes I go, mm, I grew up wanting, yeah. and and that creates creativity. That you become curious. You become very pragmatic. You 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 got problem solving skills. Yep. So, on the other hand, me goes well. The problems that I had when I was a youngster are completely different than what the problems have today. Some of the problems that they're faced with, and and this is something that I've shared in a few, my uh, daughter's friend, a girl that I coach in field hockey, committed suicide at the age of 13, which is completely... 13. This is completely unacceptable in this day and age that we hear about 13-year-old children. And well, this is... not, well, think about that, just the, the school shootings. I mean, when we oh, were yeah, younger, absolutely. school shootings, is, it, it, it baffles me each and every single time. I'm like, how did we get to this point where someone walks in, literally they were bullied in school. Because um, back in the day, you got yeah. bullied. I go, you like rode the wave and you became Bill Gates. That was yeah. the back of the day. Um, and now it's just like it's this ongoing thing where even just like a few days ago where that school shooting that happened where he mm-hmm. was in the school's office three hours. Like he got in trouble three hours before and his parents were there a couple days before and then this happened. I'm like, what wh- What was that breakdown of yeah. someone not being aware or even just the simple be kind? Part of your legacy is all about not just teaching and educating, but being kind to people. I mean, there's so many things that are being thrown at you as an adult, as a young person. I go, and you're constantly just thinking about, oh my God, what's in it? What's in it for me? What's in it for me? I'm like, you know what? Why don't you just worry about being kind? I agree. Because that good morning, the hello, the hey, what? Like, how, how's your day going? And listening and waiting for that person. Because I always like, I'm walking fast, I'm talking fast. But when I say good morning, I make eye contact. I'm saying good morning to you. It does get me mad when people don't say good morning back. I guess I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> but when they do, when they make eye contact, I'm like, I go, how are you? I take a pause to hear, I'm doing great. Oh, great. Have a wonderful day. Versus just the, you're saying it, but you're just saying it just as a scratch of the nose, but you're not really meaning it. Agreed. Agreed. I think that the one thing that the in Europe, the French do very well is actually when they say good morning, they actually mean it. They look at you in the eye and mm-hmm. they say, good morning. Now, yeah. is it effective? Because they go through at the business, they go see everybody and everybody comes to see them and everybody says good morning, which is yeah. not necessarily productive, but very, very humane. But I think the the kindness and respect that I, I and I don't know how much COVID has affected all of this mm-hmm. and and really turtle people into I mean, I've seen a lot of people who are clearly not thinking about leaving a legacy when they're talking to people at the, the donut shop or at the coffee shop or anything like that, how they, they belittle in and talk to people of leaving that legacy. But I, I think if we come back to the subject of your parents telling you, like, what will you leave behind? That's your, that's your North Star. That's your guiding light. That's the thing that goes, okay, that's my M.O. 
So if if I'm if I need to go in that direction, then what is my legacy? What will people remind remember me by? Right. Well, the, the hard part about that is when you're a child, you hear it, and it's just so big. Mm-hmm. That, 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 it's so big, and you're like, what does that mean? What, what, and then my dad was king of, I'm not telling you. You have to figure it out. So <laughs> here's, I go, Dad, I need a car. Can I get a car? Because I got, I got the old family station wagon. I had to start it with a screwdriver between the battery and the starter. And then finally I proved. <laughs> I proved that I can get a car. And he gets me a car. I'm like, it's a manual. And I'm like, I don't know how to drive a manual. He goes, then you don't have a car. I'm like, well... <laughs> Are you going to teach me? He's like, he goes, no, but I'll tell you a hint. I'm like, what? He goes, Emmanuel and Hills don't go well together. I'm like, what? What does it mean? <laughs> or dad, can I get, like, I go, because my dad was a tailor in Haiti. Can I get, um, I go, I go, can, like, we want to get some, like, Jordache jeans. We want to get, like, some fashion. And he's like, he goes, as a tailor in Haiti, I'm going to get you something. Now, mind you, this man said no to everything. So he's like, he goes, I'm going to go to the store. And I'm going to buy you some stuff. And my sister like, we broke him. Yes, we broke him finally. The man comes back with two sewing machines. We're like, you want the clothes? Make them. I'm like, what is that all about? <laughs> so right there, right there, he's passing on his, he's passing on two things. Number one, I'm passing you down the skills of the manual or being a tailor sewing. I go, because whenever we had a problem, we can go to him and he's like, here it is. I'll, I'll tell you how to do it better. He was not going to, he was not going to give it, give it to us, like hand it to us. Mm-hmm. So it was all about, here it is, trial and error. You're going to make mistakes, but you're going to learn. And so that whole entire what is your legacy seems so big, but if I told you what it was, you wouldn't get it. You well, I would lead your way. I would go only by your yeah. way. Where I got to make my own mistakes throughout the years, and I mean literally, like where the degrees I go, and that was like not nine seven degrees. Sorry, I go with the degrees, with the experiences, with the jobs, everything that I've done. I mean literally, when I mean I remember when um whenever I talked to my parents, I'm like they're like I go oh, we didn't even see this coming. I'm like I go well. I go, are you impressed? I'm like, I go, it's just shocking. And and I, and I even check with my best friend. I'm like, I go, I, I go, hey, you know, I'm a lot, I'm a lot to be a best friend. And she's like, she goes, you know what? Just here to see how it plays out. Because I'm always thinking of something bigger. Mm-hmm. I could go this way. I could sit there and watch Tiger King. Or I could not own a TV set. And then literally just like, I know every single thing about pop culture without owning a TV, without missing out on my sleep, without sitting there like I go having that water um, water bubble conversation that everyone else is regurgitating on a radio station. I can formulate my own thoughts because my brain is wired that way. So that whole entire concept of creating your legacy, designing your own path on your terms. And that's one of the things that I, I work so well with people where I want you to create a legacy on your term. Without lying, stealing, cheating, killing, or hurting yourself. I want you to create your own legacy on your term. Because you don't have to sit there and follow everyone else. That whole entire influencer thing drives me nuts. Because oh, yeah. I'm like, who's going to tell me? You're going to tell me that I'm going to be canceled? You're going to tell me that you're an influencer? No. I could be an influencer too. But I don't have to. I don't need the label. And all the mm-hmm. labels out there, we don't need labels. Be kind. Learn as much as you possibly can. Absorb. Become a sponge. And teach, 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 teach through mentoring. Get out there and show people what you have. But all these things are being thrown at young people, old people. I mean, holy crap, it's just too much. It, it it reflects on the situation that we had with with Summer. Is she was well surrounded. Mm-hmm. She was well loved. She was guided. But then she was very dark because she believed in some very solid and critical issues to deal with. Mm-hmm. Disappearing, uh, disappearing of, or abduction, or missing 
uh, Aboriginal women was one of her areas. You think you're 13 years old and you're thinking about that, right? And then the impact of of the environment, right? Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, you're, you're 13 years old and you're thinking about all of this. And it is, it is very different than when I grew up. When I grew up, I was like, oh, did Susie like me or not? And I'm going to play with sticks and I'm going to go in the backwoods and I'm going to shoot my BB gun. And that, that was, I'm going to, dis- I'm going to dance and sing to MTV. Like exactly. When, when, when they used to have videos. That's right. So now it seems like the problems are bigger and the, the weight of the world is very hard on people and the power of social media for good and evil. And I, I mean that I don't think that social media was invented in in what it has become now. It was yeah. really rooted in how to improve lives. But now, like we do all the time as human beings, how can we profit from this? And that, but, that but takes on. Is, but I just want to pause you for a quick second there. Um, we had super crazy strict parents. Super crazy. True. Like it was insanely strict parents. Um the amounts of times that our friends would be just out and playing and, and look, they're like, no, we're, we didn't come to America for you to, no, it doesn't work that way. And so there were some very, very tight windows. Now, mind you, would I be this strict with my kids? Probably not, but they were, I mean, they were insanely strict. Mm-hmm. Um, when you know what your child is doing. So my, my best friend, um, Sarah, she's super crazy strict with her two kids. Like, I mean, insanely strict. She knows Literally, the position that they sleep in, they, she knows everything, like, <laughs> focused. But they talk to her because of that. When they go out, they're like, mm, my parents would kill me. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way. And I always had that where, oh, no, 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 no. My parents would kill me. Even at my age, we're like, oh, no, no, no. That's my parents' brand. Like, no, 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 no. The structure, there's, there's a structure that is missing for a lot of people. Agreed. Not all, but for a lot of people, there's a structure that's missing where... I, the majority of my friends were like, there's the plug. You walk through the door, you plug your phone in. The phone doesn't go anywhere else in the house. You could check it twice. I go, but there's no playing on it. There's like homework's done. There's other things you can do. You can go out and play, but no phone. And even when they're going out and playing the neighborhood, no phone. Get on the, get, get ask whoever's house you're going to. Once you're there, call me, t- check in. And then literally once you're leaving, check into so the way I know you're coming home. But I mean, and she's, and she's American. Mm-hmm. She's American. And so when you are aware of your kids and they do activities together, they play board games together, it's old school the way she was raised. She wanted her kids to be the right, same way, the same, raised the same way. And they live in a city in a, in a high school where there's a lot of problems, but she's like, I need to sit there and eye on the prize on my kids. I gave them the base. And because I gave them the base, it's like going throughout and all the noise out there, we can talk about it, but it's like, I, I, I literally shut them down. And I have talks with them where I'm Auntie Jody to everyone. And I am impressed with so many of these young kids that I talk. And, they, and they're like, we know what's going on. But I go, but I'm like, I, I just don't. It's just noise. Mm-hmm. It's just noise from me getting to my goal. And that's one of the things that I have interns every year. Like last year during the pandemic, I had 30 interns. Amazing kids. All online from all over the world. And whenever you hear millennials, 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 it, stop talking about that because it's like it's a small percentage of kids that are out there that are getting the five minutes of fame. My kids worked hard. They were from good families. They were just every which way. And they were talking about their friends as well. There are great kids out there that are doing great things and they're not obsessed with social media. Boys are usually not on social media as much as the girls are. Mm-hmm. Girl, it's def- definitely detrimental to the young ladies. I go, but there's a lot of young ladies who are like, you know what? Enough is enough. 
I go, I, this is like, just like I'm being distracted from sports or arts or just making new friends. I'm just distracted by being like on a screen and I want to live. I want to mm-hmm. live a life. And that's the, I think that that's the, when I think about my legacy to my kids, like I was mentioning before, okay, so I don't want to be a helicopter parent. And so fathers and mothers have different views and and partners. There's different roles within parenting. Fathers, male, tend to be a little bit more um, riskier. We let our kids do stuff that, is a little bit riskier, but he's like, well, you know, get close enough to the fire. You know that it's hot and you don't want to burn yourself. And then mom goes, well, don't let him close to the fire because he'll burn himself. So it's like, Wait, do you have boys or girls? I have three girls and one boy. And you have so, three girls and you, wow. you That's impressive that you're letting them get too close to the, fl- the fire. <laughs> Pretty impressive, dad. Uh, yeah. So it's the same thing with boys, right? And it's the same thing with alcohol. It's the same thing mm-hmm. with anything, right? Um, drugs are out there. So... By sheltering or bubbling your kids up, you're not leaving a legacy. The legacy is building the ability to solve problems on your own, just like your dad did with 100%. you. 100%. Right? It's to say, okay, what is courage? Courage is the desire to achieve something in the face of adversity. That's what courage is. To, to, to be a young person and stand up to your friends is a big thing. And And the one thing that... I that the struggle of not saying anything for me, my kids is always say, okay. Courage is so short lived. It's like thirty seconds. Hey, I want to have a conversation with my friend because my friend's not treating me right. Yeah. Okay, you work yourself up. You work yourself up. You're confused. You're scared. All that takes two days, and when you actually do it, take thirty seconds. Press the button. Just press the button. Just do it. Just do it. And that ability to tackle fear because most of, you know, pain or gain, human beings are very, we think we're highly intellectual, but when you think about leaving a legacy, it's very biological. Every living organism wants to leave a legacy. It's curious on how to grow and evolve because if you don't evolve, you die. And then once you've evolved is how do you pass on these genes or Mm -hmm. knowledge on to the next generation. It's biological. We yeah, think but the thing as- is, it's biological, but unfortunately, um, people aren't, they don't think that way in regards agreed, to what agreed, am I going agreed. to be behind. Yeah, I, I and so, agree. So, yes, it's, it's biological. It's, I mean, so we, you sit long enough where your neck is, like if you're looking at your phone long, long enough, like a bone will, they were talking about how burnt, bone, the bone spurs are coming out of your neck. Yes, all these things will happen, but you can actually like dictate where the road goes. Absolutely, and this is where... And this is where the biological component, when you really listen to human nature, mm-hmm. it's about leaving a legacy. It's, it's built into our DNA to say, be curious about what, where you are, where you're going, how to evolve. And for us, evolving now, it's a lot more cerebral than biological mm-hmm. because we have all the biological needs that we have. We have... We go to a grocery store. We don't have to kill, hunt, fish, gather. We go to the grocery store. Okay, so there is a biological need that doesn't need necessarily a lot of advancement. So to be a better person, Mm -hmm. then what does that mean when we live in a social environment? Kindness. You mentioned it first and foremost. How you be kind. And then the second is really how do you live your legacy? How do you biologically pass on? And to your father's point, 
if you die with all this knowledge without sharing it, it's shame on you and your circle. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I support that 110%. Well, I, I mean, I, I want to definitely go back to you, like, because most people were probably thinking, like, what does that really mean? Because, again, as a child, you're hearing, like, leave a legacy behind. Number one, so I have young kids coming in and they're like, okay, so I want to get a job. I want to do something. Where do, how do I start? I'm like, well, number one, what are you good at? What are you, what do you have passion for? Because whatever you have passion for, you've been probably doing it for quite some time. You just do it so naturally that you Mm. don't even pay attention to it. Um, Most kids work at summer camps or they're lifeguards. Starting right there, you're teaching, you're mentoring, you're getting out there. So starting from mentoring at the beginning is really big because you're hearing your own voice. You know something, you're hearing your own voice. And when someone's face says, uh, scrunches up like, what are, you, what are you trying to teach me? What, are you, what does that mean? That means you're like, oh, wait, let me just try to back up and try to figure out how to explain it in a better way. So you're, you're hearing your own voice, but yet you're learning how to listen. The hardest thing in the world to do is learning how to listen to someone. You're excited. You want to get out there. You want to talk, 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 talk. Learning to listen. Find your passion. Understanding how you're going to teach that passion. Getting that, that the situation where you put yourself out there so, you, so that way you could find people that want to engage with you. Listen to their needs, how you want to actually make sure that your passion is out there, but make sure that they want to hear it and they want to engage with you. you. Go find those jobs that you really want to get out there where you're building up on that passion. That's your career. But in your personal, you're constantly absorbing. You're constantly learning new things. I take Wednesdays off. Wednesdays, I don't work. Why? Because those are the days where, because weekends are family time. Mm-hmm. It's not really your day off. Wednesdays, I go to museums. I go to, I, I'm constantly like learning. I'm finding new ways of learning. And so that's adding and that's coming into the work, the workplace. So continually learning, find ways, like invest in yourself, invest in yourself and to learn new things, to add to your knowledge of teaching, but also your knowledge of building your professional life. And as those years go by, you can retire at 40, 50, 60, where, whenever you want to retire from doing the job you have to do, and then you convert that to doing the job that you want to do. And when you get to that point, now you're like, okay, I have my passion. I know that I've been mentoring and engaging all along. I know how to teach. I know how to get my voice out there. I know how to listen to what the what others need. I've built up the career to show that I'm an expert at what I'm doing. And now I want to be on a board, a paid board, maybe being on board, mentoring accelerators, helping small businesses, uh, going to universities and colleges and talking and speaking and sharing that knowledge. That's how your legacy is built out because you've been working on it all along. And all this time, you have like key points. I, have a, I want to sit there and speak at this school. Well, put a date on it. Find ways to get there. And every single, as you're going the path, of creating that legacy, you're branching, 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 branching out and doing all these different things to keep coming back to, I'm building a strong legacy. Now, for the listeners, write down everything Jody wrote down and take away personal and apply business. I want my business. I want my company. I need, so take the time. You're the CEO. What's the legacy you want to leave? Great, you're selling shoes. Okay. Is there in, in today's market, in 2021's market, there is no company out there that should not be considering the impact and mitigating the impact of that business that they have, yeah. right? So we got, Tracy, my spouse got, shit happens. And it's a, it's toilet paper. <laughs> 
and it is absolutely funny because recycled paper does this, does that. It's delivered, minimizes logistics. So you're like, okay, the cost might be the same, but the impact is very much lessened. And I think one of the biggest thing that when I think of legacy and the thought process that went into it is the box that it came in. Like mm-hmm. from Amazon, it was so funny because Amazon guy came up and he's like, I'm like, what's that? A box of toilet paper. Tracy, <laughs> you ordered toilet paper? Really? Like, <laughs> um, on the box, it said, you know, dye free, environmentally friendly. But the, mm-hmm. the funniest thing was there's a rocket ship on it. And the, the, this is what absolutely blew me away. And I said, oh, there's a company that thinks about legacy. They go, when you've done, when you've emptied out and put it in a closet, this is a great tool to make the next imaginary rocket ship. And so I was like, wow, somebody really took the time to think about how do families connect? What's the legacy that you want to leave? The impact that you want to have? I think... Taking the time off, as you said, to educate yourself, but also disconnect so that you can be more curious. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure, I, I'm I'm ready to put a, put a lot of money, that when you're at the museum and you're looking at something, you go, oh, I just had an idea for oh, work. Always, always. And Walks go, on the beach, go to the museum. But you know the funny thing about the, the box with it? So boxes are the best toys in the world. I don't even know why we even buy toys, because <laughs> box, boxes are always the best toys. But... When people were losing their minds, when Mark, not Mark, um, when Jeff Bezos went up in space, they're losing their minds. I'm like, you guys know that you paid for him to go up on space. You could be angry all you want. We all paid for that to happen. And so that rocket ship that's going up, that looks like obviously a phallic symbol, that was going, that was like our dollars made that happen. And he said it. He's like, thank you, everyone, for making this happen because he would have never been able to do it without the pandemic, by the way. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. So for me, that, that, that company as a CEO, so if we, if we really address the listener and say, okay, how does this apply to me? Mm-hmm. One is, what's your personal legacy? Okay, great. You, you've, you've built an organization. It's a cash cow. You're making money off of it. What do you do? Okay, great. Now you're going to, what do you do as a human being? You sell it, you don't sell it. What happens if you don't sell it? What happens if you do sell it? Right. All of these questions that should be answered, like you mentioned, Jody, yep. 10 years before. Right. Going, hey, what do I well, want to well, do? The second you become a CEO, your number one priority in your mind is like there's three exits. There's only three. True. We crash and burn. <laughs> we, 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 we get acquired. Or we scale and I walk away and leave it to the next person. Mm-hmm. And it has to be in a good place to leave it to the next person. And most, we'll call it either you're getting, you're like you're finding and you're curating the right person to take take after um, mm-hmm. after you, or you're selling it to your employees, depending what size your business is. So those are the three. So as that CEO, as you're creating your legacy, your legacy, if you crash and burn, that legacy is going to follow. Mm-hmm. I'm not canceling you, I'm, and I'm hoping you're learning from it for the next time around. If you crash and burn, if you're getting acquired. And if you're selling it to the employee or selling it to the next person that's coming, you have to leave it in a great place. So that way the person says, I have great ideas, but boy, those are big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So which one are you going to be? Because 
coming in and not thinking about those three at all times is detrimental to you and it's arrogant because as a CEO, those three are always on your mind because one of those three things are going to ha- are going to happen. The, one uh, of those three things are going to happen. Yeah, the mind shift has been really big, uh, in my opinion, in regards to business and and leaving it better than it was before. And I think that the the and I, I again we're not blaming generations, but that's how it was, right? During the baby boomers, the it was like okay, I, build it, use it, throw it out, right? Build it, use it, throw it out. Where nowadays we see the but not value. all, but but not oh, all. Oh no, no, I know, I know, no. And I am this is why with the whenever I hear and that's that's part of like creating that legacy of I don't want to ever blame entire generation for something that's like gets the most news. So whenever I, so I, I always have to work with people at that one-on-one or the groups, there's always someone that's nailing it. That's doing amazing things. Oh, absolutely. And there's always that one, one person. So you have the group and then there's always that one person that gets the most news and everyone blames the entire generation for that one person. So there's always the, there's the good and bad in everyone that's out there. Oh, absolutely. It, the, but the, the behaviors are set through values that have changed over time. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, don't get me wrong. I grew up in a good family. My mom didn't work, right? Uh, nowadays, it, um, both men, female, male, female are expected, not expected, desire to work for a sense of purpose, right? Um, I find it sometimes disappointing that women tell other women, oh, you're a stay-at-home mom. What's wrong with that, right? Um, is Although because the of the moms- pandemic, a lot of, a lot more moms are back. So that's that's a detriment to the, the society where a lot of moms were like, you know, I have to leave my job because I have to take care of the family. So it's gone back and forth. And yes, there are those individuals, but working with individuals that are building their brand, stay-at-home moms, they're on the PTA. They go, they oh, are I, with church groups. So guess what? They're taking care of home. They're at home. But when those kids are schools, they're building their brand within the community. Absolutely. I think I think the most valuable two jobs in the world are mom and dad. And because there's a lot of demonstration and I, I don't want to pick on any gender. Everybody says, oh, you know, mom runs the house. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know my place in my household is yes, dear. That's the last word I got. <laughs> Cause I know Tracy, she runs our household and she does it so well because my mindset is about providing. And that as a father, our job is to be a good role model for um very biological ways of being very supportive, being protective, being nurturing. Those things have uh, parents have very a lot of similarities, but there is a little bit of gender differences in regards to how we think uh, in, in the genders as well. So I think I think that overall, great parents. So I, I'm I'm putting it across great parents. There are a lot of not great parents. You can you produce a child doesn't mean that you're a great parent. Oh, I, sometimes I think that we should get a permit. There should be a permit to have children. <laughs> I, I feel I feel like now. I mean, I really would love to sit there and see if this could ever happen. Which of course it won't, but to be able to, you get your marriage license. Oh yeah. Get married, wait, you get your marriage license, you get married, and you have to go away together with your computers for a month away from everyone, and you're trapped together in a box like the pandemic, a mini version of the pandemic, <laughs> because divorce rates are high, and so just you're thinking like, oh yeah, great marriage, great great parents. Guess what? Divorce rates are high because they married and they realized, oh, the world was our buffer. Yeah. We didn't really like each other. 
And oh, the kids don't like us neither. And oh no, our parents, this isn't fun. So that is another thing. The world itself is a buffer. Let's start with like getting to the point where it's granular. Again, the Haitian bubble where I was in that bubble where people were like, I go, how'd you do during the pandemic? I go, I'm good. We weren't allowed to go out anyway. So (laughs) I'm good. And so let's start with the base of understanding like what's your family dynamic going to look like. And if you don't, if you're in a foster care home situation, if you're an adopted, whatever situation you're in, Find a way to find someone that has your back. Find Agreed. a way so that way you're able, because that, that person that has, that has your back will allow you to be you and allow you to communicate so that we can start hearing your voice. So that way, even better, you can start building on your dreams. Oh. I think that's one of the things where when you are constantly scared, when you're constantly tired, when you're constantly not like being intimidated or attacked, you're like, where do I even build my dreams when I just don't, I don't, Jody's talking about building a legacy. I don't even know who I am as a person because I'm constantly stressed out. Moms, dads, kids, like people are, if you're stressed out, you can't even think about your dreams. You can't even think about your legacy. It's not, that's not even a thought in your mind. I'm just trying to get through the day, Jody. That's the last thing I want to hear. I'm tired. I can't eat. I go, I'm constipated. I don't care what it is. I can't do it. I can't do it. I have I legacy. Shut up, Jody. <laughs> that is so full circle, right? It, it like we started with legacy and you finish. You can't do it if you're scared and you're stressed out. That's such a that's such a good full circle comment right there. Jody, what is your go to? So for me, I've got two go to's that I refer to all the time. The seven habits of highly effective people. First things first is something that uh, it's through the years that I've read, I think I've gone, I got nine copies of it now that I've gone through because I've, I've read it so many times. And that's the one. And then Master and Commander is a movie that I refer to in business because it has so many, uh, talk about legacy, mm-hmm. you know, write, you know, books were written about people's true exploits back then. So legacy, leadership, all that. What is, what is the go-to reference for you it, one or two things a book a movie a show a comment whatever um i have many but the, my two ultimate favorites um chandra rhymes the year of yes she was called out by her sister because she said no to everything she was busy i'm writing like Grey's anatomy i'm just doing 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 and her sister called her out like i can you say no to everything i i challenge you to say yes to for one year and all these opportunities started coming her way that she would have never, ever thought about. I say yes to everything. I have, a, I have a list of 30 friends. I literally send them an email. I've done my research. You will not die. Are you in or are you out? They cannot ask me what it is until they say yes. And once they say yes, they can't back out. <laughs> I've taken them skydiving. I've taken them yoga with goats. I will come Yoga with, with goats. Yeah. I've done random things. <laughs> But they know that I will open their minds and their thoughts to the stupidest, silliest, adventurous things. So that the year of yes with Chandra Rhymes is for anyone that is like hesitant or scared, mm-hmm. just it opens your mind to opportunity, it opens yourself to opportunity. So I love that one. Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell's, um, um, Malcolm Gladwell's um, Outliers. Outliers is the whole entire concept of standing out. Hmm. Everyone is like, I go, I don't want to stand out. I want to stand out. When I was in Japan, we went to Toyota City and everyone's like, I go, it is our culture not to stand out. It's a very American way. I'm like, I go, really? Because we're in Toyota City. Mall, the schools. You can't be humble and yet own a city. (laughs) 
And so, so, and I'm that person where I notice these things. I'm like, oh, I'm going to call you out on this. Uh, standing out is not being arrogant. It's not being conceited because people assume that mm-hmm. it's oxygen on you before anybody else. We're on planes. We hear it all the time. You will not die. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. You will pass out. You're letting everyone else suck the air out of the room and you will not have anything for you. You got to find ways to stand out in your own way. It's not a bad thing. So the year of yes and Malcolm got Chandra rhymes and the um, outlier by Malcolm Gladwell are by far the ones that I will, I will promote those books till the day that I die because it's the way that I live. Mm -hmm. And it really is this constant having to not only remind people, but having to people to reteach people how to do both of those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. I mean, this, I mean, leaving a legacy behavioral based, entrepreneurial stuff I think we could have gone on for hours and hours and hours we'll have part two we'll have part two Uh, fabulous Uh, thank you so very much Jody for being on the show it was a pleasure I think we should definitely do a part two Um, pick the mentoring because that mentoring for me is something that I I take near and dear to my heart and then we apply to many of our clients so uh, yeah that definitely a part two I mean, well, you know, Maureen, thank you so very much. I mean, I love it when I always tell people a great, I mean, an interview shouldn't be like an interview. It should be a conversation. Yes. And literally, it's just like, I'm like, I, I could be online or offline with you, but there's so many, and I said this to you at the beginning, marketing falls into everything that we do. And so there's not one thing that's not, not in the news right now that I can have a conversation with, not trying to trick you in regards to the marketing aspect, but it is a part of what we do. Like marketing is like the second you wake up in the morning and you decide to brush your teeth, you decide to wash your hair, you decide to take a bath, you're already marketing. And so look at all the things that's happening out there. I go, how do we actually learn? How, what are the lessons that we're getting from it? People are just assuming it's just the news, it's just something out there, it's five minutes of fame. No, every single thing out there is a way for you to learn, to fuel that database, to continue to build up on your legacy. <laughs> Da, 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 da. <laughs> Look at you. I, feels like you've done this once or twice before. <laughs> this is me scolding my intern sometimes. <laughs> uh, well, fabulous. Thank you very much, Jody. It's, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, we're definitely going to do part two because, I mean, one, you talk fast and talk a lot. So there's a lot of information that comes out <laughs> out of it. Uh, and, I mean, I, I've got a thousand other questions. But uh, for the sake of the listener who probably have to – close it all up get they're getting to the office or coming back from the office or finishing cleaning the toilets because that's what my wife does she cleans the house and listens to podcasts at the same time so shout out to my wife tracy who listens to podcasts as she's cleaning hi tracy (laughs) with that said thank you very much for being on the show again jody Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next time. Thank you. My name is Martin Hunter. I'm the host of What CEOs Talk About, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to What CEOs Talk About. Make sure to click subscribe to get notified about future episodes or check us out at www.whatceostalkabout.com.